Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Well, there was a bear there, all black and brown and covered in hair. everyone i'm comma and you can find me at grammar saves lives on tumblr and tonight i'm joined by eon hey this is eon i'm eon blue negative on tumblr uh clotho hi i'm clotho you can find me at clotho spindle on twitter uh guile hi i'm guile you can find me tweeting at door podcast on twitter and our guest devin Hi, this is Devin, and you can find me at GD Harpo on Tumblr and Twitter. All right, so tonight we're covering Tyrion 4 from A Game of Thrones. Uh, as always, trigger warning for, well, there's quite a bit of violence in this chapter, and potential discussion of rape. Uh, I am really unsure what we could be spoiling at this point, but if you're just tuning in, uh, this is your warning. We spoil everything, books and shelves. So, um, I thought I would set the chapter, because quite a lot has happened since we had Tyrion 3, and a lot of stuff has gone down. So, kind of briefly, in the East, uh, Danny is learning how to make her marriage work, more or less. Uh, at the Wall, John has met Sam and is trying to help him out and get everyone to help him out. Uh, Tyrion had stopped back at Winterfell and had not gotten a very warm reception, but um, Bran Bran got some assistive technology in the way of a new saddle, courtesy of Tyrion. Uh, Meanwhile, at King's Landing, Arya is receiving sword lessons. Uh, Ned has been investigating Jon Arryn's death, meeting Gendry, and having his latest lead in the the mystery get killed at the tourney of the hand where Sansa is getting way too much attention from Peter and then way too much TMI from Sander at the tourney. But most pertinent to Tyrion, he had the misfortune to stop at the same roadside tavern as, as Catelyn and is now her prisoner. So, wow. (laughs) Yeah. And I I was so tempted. Well, I'm going to say it confused. You won't be after this episode of (laughs) close the door and come here. (laughs) I'm dating myself there, but if if you're not familiar with soap, you should go check that out. (laughs) Okay, so uh, the chapter opens where they're on the road and everyone uh, has been busy chopping up. Well, there's an actual butcher with them, I guess. And they're chopping up Tyrion's horse to eat. Um, Bronn is pretty pragmatic about the whole thing. And from the description of him, it sounds like he's they're all starving because he's supposed to be really thin. And uh, we learned that Jamie gave Tyrion the horse and he's kind of upset about that also because, you know, it's a horse and I don't think they want to be eating the horse. And uh, it's mentioned that the Dothraki eat horse and Tyrion has the reflection that he doesn't really think well of them, um, especially considering the Dothraki are the habit in the habit of leaving out um, deformed babies to die in the elements, which is quite cheery. I don't and I think, that. too, you know, um in in Brand's chapter back in Winterfell, you know, he kind of talks about training training the horse to like be 
be able to be adapted to brand riding him. So I imagine that this mare that Tyrion has kind of went through the same thing. So it's not just like this is like an interchangeable horse for him. It's oh, you know, a horse that's been tra- that's been yeah better trained to um, to work with him. You know, probably spent a lot of time with. So yeah, more it's bothered. more like I mean, it's yeah, it's more like they're killing his pet. Oh. Well, and it's also the Jamie gave it to him, right? You know, right. Which we learned. Well, Jamie, we know Jamie taught him to ride, so yeah. And Jamie gives pretty horses. <laughs> he does. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have no. I don't think we have a description of the horse, so we really don't know of its attractiveness. But I'm gonna go with it. Yeah, it was probably pretty. You could appreciate a good horse, yeah. <laughs> I felt like. Um, did anyone else? I don't know if anyone else felt like this, but I was really struck in this chapter by. The fact that it felt to me like the first chapter that I knew Tyrion in, his first three chapters really feel like he's just like this, um, he's kind of a detached observer. And this is the very first chapter that you're actually getting a sense of who he is. So it was kind of interesting in that, from that respect. Well, you know, they say, like, you don't really know someone until you've had to do like a road trip with them. (laughs) (laughs) And a battle. (laughs) And, and I mean, I think, I mean, it sounds like this has really been one hell of a road trip. Everyone is miserable. They're hungry. They're scared. They're pissed. Um, so I think his personality is kind of coming out, yeah. too. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we also get his recollection of the aftermath of the confrontation at the end of the crossroads. And I, I thought that was pretty interesting because, you know, especially the way it's presented in the books, like with the swords all pointing at him after Catelyn's called them all out. Yeah. Tyrion is is recollecting what happened. And um, there's a short passage I'll read. Um, this, again, is at the end of the crossroads. We are taking him back to Winterfell, she said. And Tyrion thought, well, perhaps. By then, he'd had a moment to glance over the room and get a better idea of the situation. He was not altogether displeased by what he saw. Oh, the Stark woman had been clever, no doubt about it. Forced them to make a public affirmation of the oaths sworn her father by the lords they served, and then call on them for succor. I think that's how you say that. And her woman, yes, that was sweet. Yet her success was not as complete as she might have liked. There were close to fifty in the common room by his rough count. Catelyn's plea had roused a bare dozen. The others looked confused or frightened or sullen. Or sullen. Only two of the phrases had stirred, Tyrion noted, and they sat back down quick enough when their captain failed to move. He might have smiled if he dared. Oh, those phrases. Gotta love them. <laughs> as early as then, you can tell she sort of, he was setting some of this up. So. Yeah. In, I thought... Oh, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. No, I was no, just going to say, in, her, in that portion, because I read that portion of the chapter just to see, you know, what Tyrion, you know, his his actions and in her version, it seemed more like she was more hopeful that the phrase would help, but it's like, like you just said, it's like they just sat down. I think and you get a, a sense. Go ahead. You get a sense of like the protection Tyrion does have, you know, even with Masha Heddle being like, don't kill him here. Like, right. you know, no one wants to be, no one wants to be too closely associated with something happening to a Lannister. I think it's also interesting. This is the whole idea of the unreliable narrator. I mean, cause she's got her recollection. He has his. And I mean, even within the course of this chapter, he has to sort of readjust his assessment several times, which I, I kind of like. Mm-hmm. So Tyrion, I guess is quick to mention his father, the, the usual, his father will pay 
you know, well for his safe return. And he knows even if he doesn't, if that isn't actually going to happen, Tyrion is willing to pay for his safe return. Um, and he's also astute to know that there's no way anyone at the inn is going to keep quiet about his capture. So he figures that there's no way Catelyn and her men can get him to Winterfell without disaster. And he's kind of smug about this, mm-hmm. actually. I don't know if anyone else <laughs> yeah, has the yeah. same reaction. <laughs> yeah, he's, you know, I think he's pretty convinced that uh, <laughs> everything's going to work out for him. And which is funny because in the chapter where um, Bran's chapter they're very hot like rob is very hostile to Tyrion when he comes back and he gives him the saddle plans you know he sort of apologizes after master lewin kind of takes him aside but before that you know the and the dire wolves surround him so yeah i don't know i'd be so thrilled i guess it's better than the eerie but i'd be so thrilled about going back to winterfell <laughs> well i think he assumes they'll, they'll never make yeah, it back to, to winterfell yeah. yeah yeah and well, i mean you know i think tywin would have sent i mean they absolutely would have sent people after him regardless of how Tywin feels about him personally. Well, I think this is one of, I mean, we're starting to get a sense of, of, you know, how Tyrion and his father sort of interact. So I think his sort of like, yeah, his dad's not going to pay for his return. You know, that there's some, there's a fair amount of emotion, although I think Tyrion thinks of himself as being, you know, purely intellectual about it. Yeah. So they are off and they're, they're riding and it actually sounds like hell to me. <laughs> the riding does not sound like fun. And um, all of a sudden he sees the road and realizes that they're on the high road and that they're going east. And he goes, this is the high road, he gasped, looking at Lady Stark's accusation. The eastern road. You said we were riding for Winterfell. Catelyn favored him with the faintest of smiles. Often and loudly, she agreed. No doubt your friends will ride that way when they come after them. Uh, after us, I wish them good speed. Even now, long days later, the me- memory filled him with a bitter rage. All his life, Tyrion had prided himself on his cunning, the only gift the gods had seen fit to give him. And yet this seven times damn she-wolf, Catelyn Stark, had outwitted him at every turn. The knowledge was more galling than the bare fact of his ad- abduction. <laughs> I do love how indignant he is about about being bested by her. Like he's really, really upset. Well, he knows she's not stupid. I mean, I can't how he under underestimated her that much. I mean, because she kept, you know, she was so loud about it, and to, you know, she said, "Don't let word of this." She like specifically said, "Don't let word of this get out of this inn with a inn full of people," and she knew that was, you mm-hmm. know. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if he just associates, you know, if he since he knew Lysa, like, in theory, like, he only knew Kat at Winterfell, I guess. So, you know, maybe knowing Lysa, he kind of was giving her Assuming the intellect like of her sister yeah, a little bit, you know? Maybe. <laughs> I think there's, it's funny, there's a lot in here that it reminds me a lot of Tywin. And this idea, this mere woman had outsmarted him. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, but I mean, he. I mean, of all people, he should know that just because one sibling is like something doesn't mean the other one is, you know, the same way. So, again, the descriptions of how his thighs feel as they're riding and this is all miserable and they're all very unhappy. And um, I, I also love, in addition to the, you know, her men and his guy and Braun and all that, they've also gotten, I have no idea how you're supposed to pronounce his name. 
Marillion? Marillion. Yeah. Marillion. Yeah. yeah. George singer. claims that he's not named after the singer, also named Marillion. But... <laughs> <laughs> the singer seems like a total. Well, and and g- given what we learn of him later on in successive books, I mean, he right even here he sounds like a total shit and not someone you want to be on a long road trip with. No, but, definitely not. But there's um Tyrion's. You know, not really a fan of anybody in this party. And uh, there is, I don't, I know I am reading out quite a bit, but there's one passage that just struck me. Um, he's complaining about, I can't even say these guys' names, the Curlicats, the, one of the Brackens. And he says, Tyrion had made a special effort to learn all their names so that he might thank them later for their tender treatment of him. <laughs> a Lannister always paid his debts. I'm, I'm totally guessing on these names here, but no, it's so funny to me because again, you know, we'll find out later that if you get if you tell us something about a Bracken, we're automatically gonna think they're an asshole. Like it's like <laughs> it's like in Game of Thrones, we have no idea, but you know, after how you know after five books, like all oh, those fucking Brackens, <laughs> and whereas the Blackwoods, you're like, oh, the Blackwoods are so I love the Blackwoods. <laughs> like he totally made us take sides and like this Hatfield and McCoy Hatfield thing. and McCoy's thing, yeah. <laughs> So uh, anyhow, he's got, I'm not going to try to read all these people because I have no idea who the hell they are. And uh, we never hear of half of them again. So, Some, you know, yeah. anyhow. Well, they, only got, they only have a few pages left to yeah. right? But anyhow, oh, right. yeah, Tyrion remembers soon. all their names. And then there's this this passage where he goes, he planned an especially sharp lesson for Marillion, him of the wood harp and that the sweet tenor voice who was struggling struggling so manfully to rem- to rhyme imp with gimp and limp so he could make a song of this outrage and that phrase a sharp lesson oh, yeah i mean Very the apple and, yeah the apple doesn't fall far from the tree although i think both men would be horrified i don't know that they could be that they're not that different oh, i mean Tyrion well they are different Tywin. yeah as far as like lannisters go like Tyrion is absolutely Tywin. but if you try to tell either of them that they would not like it one bit. He wouldn't. They wouldn't talk to you for half a year, right? Isn't that what Kevin <laughs> says? Yeah. Um. So what else is going on? So it, at some point, he starts trying to basically point out the flaws in the logic that has him painted as the mastermind behind the attack on Bran. And Catelyn immediately said, "You know, plays. It, why would Peter lie to her?" And then Tyrion reveals that. Peter, the shit that he is, has been basically telling everybody at court that he was Catelyn's first, which I don't think he's lying there. So that's really gross. Um, He knows, though. Like, Peter, oh, you don't think Tyrion's lying? No, I don't think Tyrion's lying. I think Peter really has been saying to anyone who will listen that he, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, like, Cat is his Canadian girlfriend, basically. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She lives in Montreal. You don't know her. Met at band camp. Yeah. um, (laughs) And I I think it's interesting that Tyrion appears to be making her doubt a few things, and they're kind of like you know you're thinking like okay well maybe she's gonna stop and think about this when all of a sudden they get attacked by the hill tribes um and he has to he ends up getting weapons which i find hysterical because he's supposed to be the prisoner and i'm not gonna read out from that very long account of the battle i don't know if anyone has anything they want to say about that like that he's like literally 
going after people's like ankles and stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, it's so funny. Yeah. Oh god, just, he knows who he is. It was just oh, so gross when he broke his fingers. I don't know why that really like. Oh, I know he wanted to get revenge on him, and that just really. Oh. I mean, Tyrion's pretty freaking ruthless. Yeah, like, he's vicious. Like, he's yeah. not like you know sweet harmless Tyrion like he's kind of you know he's a bad man and this is a, you know this is a you definitely see the differences here from what we're we're getting on uh the whitewashed version because I mean even though it oh, takes yeah. a while to for it to build up you can see this kind of like vicious pettiness <laughs> well and I, I mean some of it I get like it's like he's pissed off in a major way and I, I you and know I can't yeah, blame him for yeah, that I mean kinda... he did not order Bran's killing. I mean, he did a nice thing. He stopped by the castle. He tried to help the kid out, got treated like shit. And I guess shows up at an inn and suddenly (laughs) he's being kidnapped and dragged up to go see Lysa, who he has to know is not entirely (laughs) stable. So I do get that. And I guess I give him that he sort of saves Kat at the end there, that battle scene. So there's that. He could have let her get a... Did you notice that Tyrion was kind of like, at first he kind of wanted her to be attacked, and then, you know, he seems kind of shocked that he actually tries to save her? Yeah, he thinks, like, somehow he was moving when he was just thinking, like, let them have her. I love that. It's kind of like the Jamie thing, like, oh, I just, you know, I was going to hit you over the head, but here, grab onto this. Like, they... (laughs) They like to deny that chivalrous instinct that they that they have in in these cases. Um, I also love that Marillion seems to be like totally useless in a battle. Uh, he's a singer. Well, yeah, no, it's just a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to protect his his harp. Oh, oh yeah, that harp. was. Just... Oh my God, are you sure he's not really Rhaegar? He has a harp. <laughs> 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 Secret oh, boy. Well, and I was going to say, given what happens, but no, Rhaegar, I mean, I'm assuming, yeah, no matter what you did, I mean, he ran off with a 15 year old girl, so, and dumped his wife. Douchey, in the, process. Or du- the douchey harp players, you know? <laughs> well, we apologize to any of our audience who play the harp. <laughs> If they're not douchey, we don't really have an issue with them. It's just, I mean, heart pl- we don't have an issue with heart players in general. Just the douchey just ones. Just the douchey ones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they route their attackers, and there's the, the fun exchange where Bronn's like, you know, because they've, they've won the battle, and Bronn tells Tyrion the best thing after a battle is a woman. And then Tyrion looks at Catelyn and says, I'm game if she is. Which kind of <laughs> interesting. You know, it's funny though. I don't ship them like in no, any way, shape, either. or form. Just, like, but just it's funny. Just given like having read all the cat chapters, she actually does have that chemistry with so many characters, but she doesn't have it at all. Tyrion, oh, none. <laughs> um, so they, Catelyn wants to bury their dad, um, but they're like, yeah, we don't have time for that, and we're going to get attacked again if they do it. So they've got to leave the corpses behind. And uh, Tyrion is no longer bound. He gets to keep his weapons. And Marillion, for having been totally useless in a fight, um, has acquired what sounds like quite the uh, cloak there, the shadow cat cloak. I love how George manages to make like all of this clothes, these clothes sound, you know, incredibly gaudy. It's like black and white, and it's like, but, um, what is it so, like a tuxedo shadow cat? I guess I'm really unclear. Oh, <laughs> 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 
<laughs> or a big tux. <laughs> I don't know. I was sort of Im- imagining more of like a Cruella DeVille kind of deal. Oh, it's like a cow <laughs> like, cat. Okay. Like, you know, Disney? Like, I don't know. I have no idea how big these are supposed to be. I don't like know what would be involved in like making a, cougar, a cat. A cougar or a panther or something? No. If it's like 101 Dalmatians, I really don't know. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> these are this is where my mind goes i can't help it so they all keep moving onwards to the east and presumably up to uh lysa's and the chapter closes with Tyrion telling catelyn as i was saying before we were so rudely interrupted Tyrion began there is a serious flaw in Littlefinger's fable whatever you may b- believe of me lady stark i promise you this i never bet against my family like, I mean, there really is a serious flaw in Littlefinger's story that it seems like Littlefinger would have been smart enough to know, you know, like this is a dumb, it's like a dumb story that Littlefinger gave her when he had time to plan a less dumb story. Well, there have been hundreds of witnesses to the tourney that would have known, or I guess not who he bet on, but like there would have been other people. Like, it's just kind of... Or just in general, it does, yeah, it would be weird for Tyrion, you know, to not bet on Jamie. So it just seems like such a shoddy like the shoddy mystery here. I do wonder how much George had planned with Littlefinger, how smart he was supposed to be. I mean, I get the impression we're supposed to believe that Catelyn, you know, is more emotion first, thinks, you know, except she's the one, I mean, what she did, like, you're not going to get back to Winterfell. She knew that. And she is astute enough the way he writes her. She can read a room just like Tyrion. So I don't know. Well, I mean, also, is this is the only way I didn't look at a map to refresh my mind, but is this the only way? Or are they going some kind of, like, alternate way that's more dangerous? No, they're, they're going the oh, high the road, yeah. Okay. I mean, the you know, the, the, the easier road. way would be to go, I would assume, to, like, Maidenpool and then oh, go by ship okay. so they, to Gull so Town they have and to go, go that more, way. So they have to go the more difficult way because of the whole... Yeah. Okay. Because I mean, otherwise, like, who the hell? You'd have to bring, like, 50 right. or, you know, 60 men with you to... Right. Up, right, a, I think, up a mountain, yeah, basically, yeah. Because yeah. I think the minute you go into a large town, that's it. Yeah. It doesn't oh, yeah, take yeah. much. Well, do you think that, now, you know, thinking back to Peter, so do you think that Peter's thought was that Cat was going to go off, on, you know, fly off the handle and kill Tyrion before Tyrion had any, you know, had any chance to deny anything? No. Or like, I, well, I or think that that's... she was going to send to sent to Winterfell and then knowing that Tyrion would be passing through like they were just going to get rid of him and so it'd be like maximum chaos I don't think I would imagine that he would want little he would want Tyrion off the table somewhat just because he is sort of a but how could he know how could he know they would pass each other at that point like did he know that Tyrion was going to the north oh I'm sure I'm sure you know he has all of his spies so I mean maybe he was thinking it was you know Cat was going to send to Winterfell and then We've all traveled there, right? We've taken road trips where you may stop off somewhere or you spend an extra day or someone gets sick. I mean, there's all sorts of, I mean, even like accounting, let's say Peter is this, you know, has all like, I I like the image of him sitting there with like roadmaps or whatever, (laughs) like the version, the medieval version of his triptych. How could he be certain they would pass? (laughs) couldn't but i mean he also could think cat sent a message to winterfell or cat tells ned and when um when Tyrion's back in king's landing ned would you know what what would ned do ned would arrest Tyrion, which would cause like a whole shit storm there so i mean i think you know his framing of Tyrion 
I mean, I don't think he cares what happens to Tyrion. Like, God knows he, you know, tries to frame him again with Joffrey's murder. So, um, I guess maybe he was. I think he just wants him off the. He wants him off the. He table. wants him off the table, but he had no way of knowing that Catelyn and he would Tyrion would pass, or that Catelyn would decide that kidnapping is the way to go. Should have known likely that Tyrion would pass Winterfell. After. Yeah, it's right, but I guess I'm saying like he, there's no way of him knowing that she would do what she did, or that you know that they would pass where they passed, or that she would go to like they could have passed, let's say earlier, um, or later. I mean, and you know if she's that much closer to somewhere else, you know maybe they go to Howland Reeds. I don't know, you know how do he know? They're never going to Howland Reeds. I know in our, you know, we. I know we're never, never going to happen. But yeah, uh, just stick to the air of Rosbeed. <laughs> Literally, never find out who that is. Um. So, anything else? Oh. I thought. Um. One thing that I talked about on Twitter a little bit was just it was interesting to see this chapter and see how um you know George has dealt with multiple POVs converging before. Because I think, like, there's a lot of conventional wisdom that, you know, in Winds, for example, he'll kill off. <laughs> if there's, if, like, several POVs are in the same place, like, all of them but one are doomed. And it just seems like people forget that this happened all the time in, you know, in the in these books, especially in the first two. And that he deals with them, you know, either kind of these alternating chapters like you see with Cat and, Cat and Tyrion here. But also, with, frankly, like, Tyrion's entire visit to Winterfell is told from another point of view. So we, you know, we skip quite a ways. So like the number of chapters that you have per a POV is probably fewer. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't mean the, P, you know, it doesn't mean the person inevitably dies. So I think it's just, um, you know, something to think about with what's kind of become conventional fandom wisdom. Yeah. And, and I, mean, I, 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 doing the re reread, I think it's kind of like, it's a reminder that I think as we go, I'm trying to reread the whole book. I may not be able to do that time constraints, but if I can, I've been trying to, because it is interesting to see the parts where he's, you know, he's talking in another person's point of view. So you can kind of get the full picture of what he's going through. Mm-hmm. Right. I was astonished how much it passed. Yeah, like there's this was a big. I mean, this is a very big skip of Tyrion's story. Because yeah. I remember him being much more prominent in the first book, and really, there's like a ton of content that I mean, he's in some of it, but what's going on? And I also forgot how much of a mystery this is sort of structured like, like as a like a mystery story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like with Ned's investigation and all of that, because it, it really does read very much like a medieval version of, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Well, not quite an Agatha Christie, but you know what I mean. Uh, any other thoughts? Okay. Yeah, not those. <laughs> <laughs> we have bank. Do we have any mail? We do. We have one um, email we got from John. And John says, hi, ladies, and sometimes gent. Thank fuck someone finally talked about the George's stupid names. I am so happy right now that I'm not the only one. It's like, guys, he just replaces I with Y, slaps some extra vowels in there, or shuffles a couple of syllables. Now it's super medieval fantasy (laughs) and cool. (laughs) I cannot roll my eyes hard enough. (laughs) <laughs> also, I think that Dotrice is phoning it in so hard he cannot be bothered to learn <laughs> or remember names. <laughs> he reads names and places in the middle of storm as if he has never heard of them in his life. 
instrode Breen of Tar. <laughs> I mean, he gave Rhaegar, prince of an ancient royal family, the accent of a Devonshire pig farmer. <laughs> Dotrice is just not paying attention. Oh Unlistenable. <laughs> you guys are smart. You hate all the same things I hate. But definitely... <laughs> All the rest of your analysis is fun and interesting too. Never stop. Much love, John. <laughs> so, isn't is Ray Dodgers, is he dead or is he alive? He's ninety four years old. Oh, wow. oh okay. okay. Aaron, he was probably recording these in his eighties. Oh wow. And maybe when you're Roy Dotrice, I mean. I mean, he has an OBE and stuff, and maybe he just couldn't, you know, give What's to an OBE crap. Order of the British Empire. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. it's just, so he's fancy. Yeah, so he's fancy. Well, he was like a pretty big <laughs> dude, and he's um, uh, he's got daughters who were in the movies. In fact, one of them was in Mary Poppins. Oh, wow. Not that that's hmm. his particular cl- claim to fame, but <laughs> but I mean, he was probably like, you've done it all. You just get a job to read some audiobooks. Just read this fucking medieval science fantasy bullshit. <laughs> so, well, well, that, like, John's email reminds me that, okay, so how, I was going to ask this. How do you guys think that, is it Jick or Jike? Jick? The J? I thought it was Jick. 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 Yeah, yeah, I guess with those. Yeah, I kind of thought, thought it was, it was Jack, basically, Jack. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. version of, like, oh, gosh. And then there was somebody yeah, was else Jick. that, mech, I don't know what that name was, the Emmy something. They're all dumb. <laughs> Except Braun. Like, Braun is pretty reasonable. Yeah, I, right. <laughs> And like, frankly, Beryllion was okay. Yeah, I like that. That sounds like, you know. (laughs) But there was like Laris, L H A R Y S. I'm guessing that's Larry. Larry. And I have no idea what Mohor is. I love that that's Maldor. (laughs) No, Mohor. M O H O H O R. Yeah. Curly Kit. Yes. Yeah. Like Larry, Joe, and Curly. Oh my God. Oh my God. We're just writing the Stooges around <laughs> in the background. I think he does do that at one point. There is a Larry Mole Curly, and this is this. I wonder if this is the chapter that it is, and we all just missed it until this moment. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. Oh, dear Lord. And there's, I mean, but yeah, I'm like, sometimes it takes me out of it when I'm reading going, uh, okay, like, because there are fantasy novels where it's quite clear this is some exotic name that has no background, and then you're reading his, and you're like, oh my god, it's like, this is somebody named Ted, except you spelled it with, like, three consonants. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know, maybe he's doing, does he ever said if he's doing this a sort of joke that he's just so tired of making up names, he's just, like, 100% done? I don't know. <laughs> so it's... Curly Cat, and then what were the other ones? Oh, it might be Curly. It totally might be. Oh, it's totally, I had it. Wasn't I, there like Moor or something? Or like Mo- yeah, it's Morik, Larry's, and Curly <laughs> Cat. Is so it? I'm <laughs> miss it that it's Mole. It yeah. yeah. One guy's name is Laris. Yeah, it's probably Larry. It's probably so Larry. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, Morik and Curly Cat. What if, like, one of them was always, hey, 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 or if they had put that into the exactly. show, they should have <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh. I, I'm so glad we talked. I'm so glad that he wrote that letter and that we talked about this because I would have. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know it was Larry. I was thinking, like, Laris or something. 
Well, I'm assuming that's how I looked at it because I'm like, well, no, there's no way George would just have a character named Larry. But then, what the hell? I mean, he's got all these other ones who are all oh, like Larry Lannister. <laughs> oh, they got a little sound effect that the uh, Three Stooges made. <laughs> Amazing. Hmm. So I think that's it. Um. We have a drunk cast coming up real soon, so we want mail for that, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, we sure do. Um, send them to close the door and at gmail.com or hit us up on Tumblr. Okay. And um, I think, uh, let's see, please rate and review us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play, and all the places. Um, like Gail said, you can email us. Uh, we're also on Tumblr at close the door and come here. Uh, we're on Twitter at Dora Podcast, and um, you all. We can also follow us on Facebook, which I keep forgetting we have. Uh, yeah. I, I don't want my real life and my fandom life <laughs> converging, so I don't. I've never checked it out. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> please consider supporting this podcast <coughs> on Patreon. Our Patreon supporters get benefits like special episodes and exclusive early access to the new content. I would like to thank our panel, especially to Devin, who uh, is pinch hitting for us, is and we always appreciate you. Oh, thank and you, and uh, thank you for listening. I'm closing the door. Get out.